What's up everybody, how's it going? Travis here, and I just delivered a message to the staff at work, and I had my notes, and I thought I would just go over some of them here with you guys, um, and just kind of give you a life update, some things that I've been enjoying, and that maybe would add some value to you. I have really enjoyed the content of Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend a whole lot, and there's an audiobook that I downloaded, and I think I've gone through about twice now, but it's safe people, okay? And the concept of safe people is we need emotionally stable people to help bear our burdens, bear one another's burdens like the Bible talks about, okay? And these safe people, they're people that are solid, consistent. They're not going from crisis to crisis. It's not a bunch of drama every time you talk to them. Some people you talk to and you feel rested. It's like, man, I feel energized. I'm charged. I'm ready to go. Then there are other people you talk to and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I need a break. And we all have these types of relationships in our lives, and those are the kind of people that you kind of got to guard your time <laughs> around. Because if you talk to them all the time, you would just be frustrated and, and miserable. But there are people that we talk to that we actually feel rested and, and are safe. I remember when I was in high school as a young person, I realized early on that there were certain people that drama just swirled around, okay? It's like every other day, there's like a new dramatic thing that's going on and it, it's just very taxing. It is emotionally draining. And so we need people that we can just talk to about life and especially me um, because, you know, all the COVID stuff and everything that was going on, I was like, man, who do I talk to? Like who? And you don't want to call people and and sometimes, honestly, you need to, you know, call people and say, hey, my life is falling apart right now. Uh, how are you doing? You know, it's just, you don't want it to be like that. But the reality is we need to bear one another's burdens. And it's a very real thing, you know, and it's a very honest thing. And I'll say, too, when we talk about bearing one another's burdens, um, we have burdens, you know, we have life burdens. And I was thinking about the disciple Peter as of recently, and it's Simon, Simon Bar-Jonah, the ear-cutting guy, the guy who became the apostle Peter, who was like really cool, but before that he was the disciple, you know? I've been thinking about him a lot because it's very relatable, you know, very relatable. And I don't want to, um, well, we'll just jump into it. When we look at Matthew 4, and you know, if you were in Matthew 4 in the New King James or whatever, it says, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So Jesus calls Peter, hey, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And he does. And in Matthew 4, he's called, and in Matthew 14, Peter's walking on water. Whoa, what in the world? Ten verses later, this guy is on like this whirlwind adventure called ministry, okay? 
He saw innumerable miracles. It says we couldn't even document all of the miracles that Jesus did. Well, Peter was there for all of them. Um, he had the revelation of Jesus as Christ before everybody else. Peter was like, hey, you're the Christ. You're the one, the son of God, who's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. The one that all of the prophets have talked about. That's you. And he saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain. And I never noticed this before, but Peter had issues. And this is where his humanity really starts to show up. Humanity, like being human, you know? Obviously, we're striving to be like Jesus, like Christ with all of our actions. But still and yet, we have to face our humanity at times. And Peter, he had control issues. I never noticed this before, but let's face it. Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. He's talking with Moses and Elijah, and Peter pipes up. You know, he wants to be the leader. People have called him flamboyant, eccentric. Well, in this moment, he says, hey, let's make three temples, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. Let's keep the meeting going. And it's, God says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. But you see him trying to take control of the situation. Jesus tells the disciples, hey, <laughs> I'm going to be crucified, and this is what's going to happen. And Peter says, what do you mean? That's not going to happen to you. And Jesus is like, dude, you just corrected me? I'm Jesus. You know, like you don't, you don't get to, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if this messes up somebody's theology, but you don't get to correct God. <laughs> you don't get to correct God. Now you can ask him like, why is this going on? And you know, but you, you don't, you don't correct the man. So Peter corrected Jesus because he was trying to get control over the situation. And you see this in his life. Um, he was a man that was rash, a man of contrasts. It's like his name is Rock, Peter, Petra, but then he's like emotionally unstable, you know? He just he just had a tough time with it. And, you know, um, I can relate. I mean, we all have our moments, you know, in ministry. I'm in ministry, but even as someone who just like casually or not casually, but as someone that follows Jesus as like a lifestyle thing. Peter dealt with deep disillusionment. I mean, this guy, um, he left the stable job to go follow Jesus. He's kind of trying to like get his footing there, get control there, build up something stable. Um, but the guy dealt with deep disillusionment. 2020 was bad, but it wasn't like having to watch Jesus the Savior, and not just Savior, like his friend, you know, as well. You think about that, be crucified, you know, like all of his livelihood was attached to this guy named Jesus, and now this guy has to die. But what we find in is Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Okay? 
He was wounded for our transgressions. All that stuff that he was going through, like Peter was so frustrated. He was like, okay, Jesus, he goes out to the garden. He's already told Peter, like, you can't stay awake while I'm praying. He tells the guys, hey, bring your swords. They go out to the garden and, you know, Peter cuts the dude's ear off. He's trying to get control of the situation. And Jesus is like, no, don't do that. And Peter's like, what? Like, I thought this is what we're supposed to be doing. But he didn't realize that while all of this was going on, Jesus is getting crucified. Jesus is getting beaten. Peter's disillusioned. He leaves. He's like, I can't even take this anymore. I'm going to go back to being a fisherman. But all the while, the perfect will of God was happening. Like it was happening all around him, but he was disillusioned, you know? And I feel like that so speaks to our situations because we can be in a really great situation, like all around us, but us ourselves can be disillusioned. And it's so frustrating to think that you could be in ministry serving the person of Jesus and not experience the comfort and peace that Jesus provides However, like Jesus was buying all of this. He was purchasing all of this. He endured all of this pain so that we could have peace and so that we could have a fulfilled life. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus purchased all of this stuff for us, you know? And so anyways, um, you know, but I will say this, Jesus understands our humanity. Okay. There's this scripture in Hebrews. I'm going to pull it up really fast. Hebrews 4.15, I'm reading in the Passion Translation. He, being Jesus, he, Jesus understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. Jesus understands what you're going through. Jesus can totally face your humanity. I mean, we're trying to be like Jesus, like every single day. We're trying to... We're trying to better ourselves, and but there are times we have to face our humanity. There are times we have to, you know, we need people in our lives. We need those safe people like I talked about at the beginning, and Jesus gets it, you know? And the thing about it is um, Jesus is a little bolder than us because he's not scared of our humanity. Sometimes we feel... Like, oh man, I'm, I'm being human right now. And it, and it's like awkward for us to face our shortcomings and stuff, but it doesn't intimidate Jesus. Um, he is so patient with us. Uh, and so in Mark 16 verses six and seven, now, you know, remember Jesus, he didn't stay dead. He actually resurrected. Okay. And that's the coolest thing of all. Peter is disillusioned. He goes back to being a fisherman. Jesus is resurrected now. Um, he has fulfilled the will of God. And, you know, he is like so victorious and stuff. And so the ladies go out to the tomb. They were going to swing by there and check things out. And they see that the stone is rolled away. Woo! Praise God! Jesus is not in the tomb. He is resurrected. Woo! Hallelujah! So um, he goes out there, you know, or they go out there to see him and they see the angel and it's like, hey, the angel says to them, 
in Mark 16, verses 6 and 7. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples and Peter, pause, pause. Go tell his disciples and Peter, oh my gosh, you guys. Jesus called Peter from the beginning. Jesus picked him out of his regular life and he went on this awesome ministry roller coaster, saw tons of miracles. And you would think like, man, I called you once. That wasn't good enough for you. Like, go, you know, go do your own thing. You want to be a fisherman? Fine, fine. You guys, Jesus goes the extra mile. He says, hey, go get Peter. I want him. Peter went for me. He was bold. And I'm not going to leave him behind, you know? And he specifically calls Peter out. And I am just like so happy that Jesus doesn't just call us once. He, he calls us to him, really. I mean... Yes, like you're going to do things for Jesus and you're going to do work for Jesus. Um, but it's from a place of relationship with Jesus. You know, Pastor Peter, uh, my pastor at church, uh, he says first love, you know, first love. Like, like first love, we love Jesus. That is at the beginning of everything, that relationship. And um, it is so pivotal to your Christian life to recognize we do lots of stuff and things, but it's because we love Jesus. That's ultimately why. And I'll even speak for myself, you know, because sometimes, especially at my age, a lot of people that are my age, because, you know, I'm still single, trying to meet the right Mrs. Phillips, you know, Mrs. Wright or whatever. And you see all, all I'm on the dating apps or whatever. I'll just be like transparent about it. And you see... Uh, you know, people are like, happy hour. Happy hour is my favorite hour, you know? And listen, I don't have anything against drinking. If that's your thing, like, do it, you know? But um, I'm just not about that, you know? That's that's not for me, Uh, you know, and doing drugs and stuff. That's not for me, you know? And on one hand, I could say, well, I missed out on having fun, because, well, Jesus doesn't want me to do that stuff, you know, and I don't know where you land on your convictions. That statement that I just said might be a little abrasive, but I mean, that's just, for me, I just don't want to go there, you know, um, but I can say like, man, you know, because of the life that I live, like I've missed out on things, but I'll say for me personally, the thought of going out and drinking, <laughs> And the thought of even going out there and doing drugs just gives me anxiety. (laughs) Like, I would not have fun, you guys. It just would not be fun. And so I say all that to say, like, okay, Jesus calls you into his life. And then, you know, you get disillusioned. You get frustrated. You feel miserable. And it's like, the Lord, he doesn't call you to be miserable. He calls you to ministry but he doesn't call you to misery, you know? It's just, it's not, it's not the same thing. And this life with Jesus, 
It's just better in every single way, you guys. And so I'll get back on track. But I say all that to say, um, you guys, Jesus, Jesus is good. You haven't missed out on anything. Um, Maybe you might be frustrated, like, God, why did you call me? You know, why did you call me to serve you? And um, Jesus is totally willing to be patient. He understands your humanity. Um, If you were church hurt or if you had a faith crisis, okay, those are the type of things that I'm referring to. Um, Jesus is calling you back. I'll just make it plain. Jesus is calling you back. And um, I'm just grateful that I have the wherewithal to be able to recognize these things because there are people that I looked up to that served Jesus, you know, uh, as a young person, um, you know, and I'm like, man, these guys are so cool. And now it's like they're atheists or they're far from God or whatever. And it hurts my heart, but I'm just grateful that I found my own footing in my theology to not have that shake me. You know, it's like people are gonna um, go through things and, and come to different conclusions and, you know, but that doesn't have to affect me because you guys, a theological hurt is like a deep hurt, you know? So Jesus calls Peter again. <laughs> Jesus calls Peter again. Man, praise God, you guys. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and you will see him just as he said to you. And so in John, uh, we read an interaction that happens after the fact. And it says, John 21, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. You know, so Jesus calls Peter back. Jesus has this come, like Peter has a come to Jesus moment, like an like a literal, like he goes physically to Jesus, you know. So he's got off the ministry machine. Now he's just like with Jesus um, in a place of, of healing, you know, like the Lord's healing him in this moment. So Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Peter's like, oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, hold on. I just got off of the ministry machine. Ooh, Peter, man, I, I could feel it. And Jesus turns to him again. He's like, like, Lord, you know that I love you? Yes, I love you. And so Jesus says it again. Peter, do you love me? And yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And in his mind, he's like, okay, I messed up and I know that. You know that I messed up. We both know that I messed up. Lord, I love you. Like, you didn't have to call me again, but you did. I'm in this place. Lord, I love you. It's not you. It's it's me. It's it's We both know that I'm the issue. Lord, I love you. Like, what else do you? And Jesus turns to him a third time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved. Because he said it a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You know that I messed up. You know that I was frustrated. You know that I have my issues, that I was trying to tell you what to do, and you're God, and and it's just, Lord, I, 
I'm still here. I love you. I don't understand everything. I don't always get it. I don't always act right or say the right things. I mess up, but I I just, I'm here for you, Jesus. I love you. You were the one that got me in here in the first place, and I'm here now. He didn't say all of that, but that's how I like to think of it, you know, because, man, you know, all those things, all those emotions, that's what was going in, on in his heart. That, that's what was going on in his heart. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, tend to my sheep, feed my lambs. He says, hey, you love me, right? Jesus, you know that I love you. From that healed place of love, Jesus says, hey, go do what I called you to do. Feed my sheep. He calls him back into the ministry machine. And you guys, whoo, man, you can feel it. It's like I just got off, but Jesus is calling me back. And you're not always going to be happy. I know a lot of people, they try to be happy. Like that's their life goal. I want to be happy. But, you know, ultimately, like you will be happy overall, but you might not always feel happy, but you can always choose to be faithful and you can be obedient. And um, Jesus calls Peter back. He says, hey, man, I need you. I need you. And in Jesus's mind, he's like, I'm going to be leaving and I want to give you this ministry. Like this was so important to me. I devoted my life to it. I, I need you, you know, from this place of love. Peter says, Jesus, first, Jesus, I love you. And then from that place of love, he got back on the saddle. He got back on the ministry machine. He's like, okay, let's go. And I feel like that is just such a key thing um, for all of us. It's like the Lord has things that he wants us to do, but it's from a place of love and a relationship with him. We're here for Jesus. We're here for Jesus. It's God that made us, not we ourselves. Like God, he was perfectly content by himself, but he created us with a purpose. We're made for him. Um, And I know that's like the sexy thing to be like, hey, it's your life. You gotta, you gotta, you know, live your life. And no, 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 no. It's not my life because I'm not the one who... I'm not the one who made it. I'm not the one who gave me life. I mean, God is the one. So anyways, um, I'm talking to a bunch of different types of people right now, but maybe you're somebody who, um, you know, you know that you're supposed to be doing something. Maybe you dealt with disillusionment or church hurt or the things that I mentioned and you're in your heart, you're like, man, I I know that's me. I got to get back on the saddle. I got to do what God told me to do um, from a healed place, from that place of first love, to go back to that place with Jesus and get back on the saddle because your your life matters. You need to you need to be in position. You need to be doing what God called you to do. Um, I want to pray for you. Uh, maybe you're somebody who's listening and you don't know Jesus. You're you're like man, um, Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. Uh, he's the only one who can get us to heaven. Because the only sin that is not believing in him, 
That's that's the only sin. Um, now in this dispensation that we live in, Jesus has paid for everything. He just wants you to believe in Him. So, anyways, um, Romans ten thirteen, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you're saved. It's as easy as. Jesus, I believe that you're Lord. Save me. Save me. That's a quick, save me. I will serve you, Jesus. It's as easy as that. So um, I want to pray for you if you're in a spot that you know you're not supposed to be, if you're doing stuff or if you're doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing, or if there's things you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing, I want to pray for you right now. Um, let's get you back on the saddle. Let's get you in your purpose, your calling, what God has put you on this earth to do. Let's get you back there, um, and you can just uh, agree with me, and I'll pray. Jesus, I just thank you for my friends that are listening. I pray for them in your mighty name, um, Lord, that they would just come to that healing place to that place, Lord, of relationship with you, um, where you first called them, Lord, and that they would just experience that love, that first love uh, with you, and that they would be restored in their relationship with God, that, that Lord, they would feel a closeness with you again. Um, and Lord, from this place of healing, I just pray that they would just get back on the saddle, Lord, that they would be equipped for every good work, nothing missing, nothing broken. Um, The years that the canker worm took, Lord, that you would restore. And I just thank you for their lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray for peace, Lord, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, you can't put a price on peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Um, And I just thank you, Father, that, uh, that you are... Um, anointing them fresh and anew for their assignment. And I thank you for safe people, Lord, people around them that would be able to bear their burdens, Lord. And uh, I just thank you uh, for your spirit that's guiding them every single day in every single way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Okay, thank you guys for listening. Um, I really enjoyed this talk. We'll do it again soon. And uh, I'll see you and talk to you later. All right, bye.